today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's uh, the Mayor's Town Hall. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger will join us in uh, moments. And uh, you know the, the drill here. Uh, we've got some stuff to talk about, but we do want to open the lines up for your questions and comments for Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. And uh, the local number, of course, is 905-645-3221. That's 905-645-3221. Star 9900 is a toll-free call if you're on the cell phone. Of course, on email, bkelly at 900chml.com. Now, we're going to go to your calls in a couple of minutes, uh, but if you want to call now and get into the queue, by all means, because I, I say this every time, and every time we, we end up getting a lot of people that are disappointed at the end of the show, uh, because we can't get to all of them. They wait until the last 15, 20 minutes of the show. Call now, and uh, we'll get you on uh, with your question or comment for Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Uh, a lot to talk about here locally, and uh, including a very controversial story. Uh, advocates for Hamilton's homeless are criticizing the city now for boarding up heating vents at the back of City Hall that, uh, well, unhoused residents have been using to keep warm. Uh, Rom D'Angelo, who's in charge of city facilities, said these wooden boards were erected around the breezeway where uh, the building's HVAC system is uh, because of safety concerns. Fights and various altercations, uh, drug use, and a number of other things that uh, we need to take immediate action on and uh, to mitigate the situation. Uh, Well, let's start there. Uh, Among many topics we want to cover with Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Mr. Mayor, great to have you back on the program. Hope you're doing well these days. Uh, I am indeed, and uh, you know, very excited about the soccer uh, uh, games that are happening. And the the soccer game that was had uh, this just past weekend was uh, fantastic. So uh, go Canada, go! Exactly. Uh, yeah, the the event at Tim Horton Field uh, exceeded all expectations. I guess we'll we'll get around to that a little bit later on. Yeah. Let, let's talk about this incident with the the the, the heating vents because yep. mm-hmm. uh, it, it kind of fell on your table. I, the the official explanation, as I see it here is uh, from staff is this was a miscommunication between departments that led to this what what's what what are you being told no i think the miscommunication had to do with the fact that uh, they uh, they 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 failed to get a building permit so in their in their haste to deal with uh, you know what they uh, what they believe to be and i i agree with them a, a security issue uh, you know, we had folks that, that were sleeping in that in that location all the, all the time. Actually, not just some of the time. There were fights going on. There was uh, spears that were uh, people were threatened with. Uh, there was actually a gun uh, discovered in that. And of course, the drug use and defecation and everything else. It was a health and safety issue for anyone visiting City Hall, anyone uh, working at City Hall that had to go through this phalanx of. Uh, of homeless folks that uh, were not particularly pleasant and were abusive and uh, aggressive with the individuals that are coming through there. So that's not a tenable situation. It is also a fire exit that needs to be kept clear for all the right reasons. Uh, You know, should there be a fire, then uh, certainly the fire department can't be clamoring over people that are in the way. And so uh, all of those things kind of came to bear to uh, I think rightfully staffed uh, institute uh, a blocking off of that area so that we wouldn't have continue to have those problems. And I would say no one would want their prob- these problems in front of their home or in front of their their business uh, or in front of their enterprises anywhere. Quite frankly, uh, and we made every effort for months now to uh, to get those individuals housed, specifically those individuals that were at the uh, city hall kind of heating vents. So. Uh, the permit issue was the one that was a bit of a miscommunication. Uh, they apparently did not fo- follow the building code in the original construction. They, uh, they've they corrected that. Uh, it's all to code and all appropriate. 
And it uh, has now resolved the issue of, uh, you know, people clamoring there that uh, are, have made uh, the staff and visitors to City Hall uh, very uncomfortable and unnecessarily abused by these uh, individuals. And, um, and, and we, a good many of them are now housed in, in different scenarios. When, when you say you, you've been attempting for some time to do that, uh, are you, is there insinuation here that, uh, that some of the people actually refuse those accommodations? Yes, uh, that is uh, one of the challenges that we face is that uh, many of the folks that are living rough out there have no intention of living anywhere else. Um, and, um, uh, you know, we, we, we actively work with those folks each and every day. We have an army of staff. Uh, we have police and coast programs. We have social services that are visiting anyone out there in the community that's living rough, uh, you know, if, if not on a daily basis, almost on a daily basis to offer uh, appropriate, safe uh, housing and shelter somewhere. And so the effort is to try and get people housed in a, in a long-term situation, not a short-term situation. Uh, and at the same time, pro, uh, you know, provide relief in the extreme cold uh, where we've provided uh, warming centers in some of our rec centers. So Bonetto has been uh, open on the cold alerts uh, overnight. People can go there. They have cots there. They have food there. They have uh, facilities there. Folks that are living rough in the community can, can go there and, uh, and be out of the cold. And we've provided that opportunity to a number of other rec centers as well. So we're doing everything possible to keep people safe. Uh, but there are instances where people just do not want to go to a formal housing scenario for whatever reason. Some of the reasons are, especially for the high acuity folks, folks that have mental health issues and uh, drug addiction issues, one or both. Uh, they are very difficult to house and they need wraparound supports. They need supports that uh, help them treat their addiction, help them treat uh, me their mental illness. They don't, and they need those supports all the time, not just once in a while. So just housing people somewhere uh, is only one part of the problem. Uh, providing those, uh, those high level supports is the other challenge. And fortunately we have an application in with the province of Ontario that uh, in partnership with Hale and all of our major hospitals, McMaster University uh, and others that are working in this space uh, to ask them for the resources to be able to provide those wraparound supports in units that we already have. All right. Well, uh, expand on that in a couple of minutes because i got a lot of other stuff I want to get on to here, too. Uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger with us. It says uh, the Mayor's Town Hall, 905-645-3221, star 9900, and on email, bkelly at 900chml.com. Let's uh, get some phone calls up here, and then we'll uh, throw a few more topics on the uh, the table here to uh, discuss with Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Uh, Vic, you're first up in the program. Welcome to the show, Vic. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm well. Go ahead for the mayor. Good. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I'd just like to, uh, first of all, you already said that you put the walls up without a permit and everything like that. We talked last time about permit. Uh, why do you have the building permit department? I've been fighting with them since September to put an in-law suite in my son's house because we want to sell our house so that gives another family to move in here. Mm -hmm. We want to put an in-law suite in there. They mm -hmm. turn around and him didn't hod and everything else about parking spots and this and that. And they said, well, in November, you're going to have to go in front of a committee. We went in front of the committee. It lasted 33 seconds in front of the committee. And the plans never changed whatsoever. And it cost me $3,300 for 33 seconds. Can so you which, answer uh, that question? Did you, uh, did you go they to never, The plans never changed at all. But you, yet, go to you can put walls up and then Vic? have an engineer come in and say, oh, this is fine. That's what I should have done. 
And All right. Then, uh, uh, no hang permits, on. no nothing. We're Thanks, doing it. Okay, Vic, Vic, hang on a second. I want the mayor to respond to, to your circumstance. Go ahead, Mr. Mayor. So, so I'm assuming he went to the Committee of Adjustments. So for whatever he was proposing had some anomalies in it that uh, the staff couldn't approve. And, there, you know, the Committee of Adjustment is there for the, exactly that purpose, to to uh, make, uh, you know, minor adjustments, minor adjustments to uh, to allow some of these projects to proceed, provided it's minor. And so clearly this sounds like it might have been a minor issue. You went the, to the appropriate committee, Committee of Adjustment. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's correct, Vic. And, uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully you got your approval done and you're on your way. We got our approval done, but I, I want my $3,300 back. I got ripped off for $3,300 for 33 seconds that the, the building so department two, uh, two shouldn't so you, even be there if they can't approve anything. Okay, yeah. okay I understand uh, but my understanding, though, Mr. Mayor, is that there's a, first of all, there's a fee for for uh, making applications committee of adjustment. But thirty three hundred dollars sounds a little steep. That fee would have been through the planning committee. That's not uh, that's not a committee of adjustment fee. So that's uh, that's 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 through the planning committee to go through the process of uh, defining the appropriate parameters to provide a secondary suite uh, in any location. So that that's the cost of uh, getting that application done, and that that is just the cost of staff time to be able to process those issues. Uh, once you get to the uh, Committee of Adjustment, there's a, there's a modest fee. I don't, I, 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 it's not $3,000. There's a modest fee to make that application. And the uh, Committee of Adjustment is to deal with just this very kind of issue where there's a minor issue that staff cannot support because it doesn't fit fit the bylaw or it doesn't fit the uh, the parameters around that zoning issue. And so you go to the Committee of Adjustment to get that variance, and uh, that variance then allows you to carry on with your project. So they're tied together. You can't separate them. Uh, you've already gone through the application process through planning, and that's where the majority of the cost would have been for you. Rick, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. We've got a lot of other folks we want to get to. Uh, just as a follow-up to that, though, Mr. Mayor, yep. Uh, this has been a contentious issue for quite some time. There was at one point, of course, a bylaw that says you couldn't do that. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and there were legitimate reasons at that time. But since city council has now adopted this policy that there's going to be no urban boundary expansion and it's going to be a lot of, this is going to be infill. Uh, we're talking about duplexes, triplexes, and granny suites now to try to make some of those accommodations. Uh, yep. Is this an, an indicator here that, that you know, you're going to have to streamline these services of people that make these applications? Well, I think we have streamlined those services. So, so you know, I, I would say that, uh, you know, if, if you build a granny suite, which is quite a substantial uh, development uh, that could be a couple of hundred thousand dollars or a laneway house, uh, there are a number of kind of uh, planning processes that you have to go through, uh, some of them government-related, uh, provincial government-related in, in terms of environmental uh, you know, review and making sure the soil impaction is appropriate. And then there's a number of other issues that come to play in terms of parking, uh, side yards, all of those things are, are still zoning, zoning and application planning issues that we have to go through. And our planning application process is all about cost recovery. Not about uh, you know, uh, you know making a profit or getting a bonus from uh, from an application fee. It's all about covering the the staff time to work through all of those processes. So, so uh, we've been working on streamlining the uh, the development application process for the last eight years. I would say there's always more improvement that we can do, and I think we need to uh, ensure that uh, we have a a, a a quick and efficient. Uh, process for that, but there are issues that have to be sorted through, uh, especially when it uh, when you're densifying uh, neighborhoods the way this is going to allow us to do, which I think is positive. 
but then you run into parking issues, uh, side side yard issues, closeness to other neighbors, what kind of uh, noise is going to come from uh, the apparatus that you're going to be putting there. So it's, there are some issues that come out of that that have to be dealt with. And, and I think this, a, a second look, and this is not just you, this is going to have to be done, I think, at the municipal uh, ministry too, provincially. If you're going to do this, it's time to relook at some of those parameters. As, and while you use the example of parking spaces, if you're going to live downtown, not everybody needs a car. Uh, some people may or may not. Uh, there's going to have to be some flexibility there to say you can't do this because you need X number of parking spaces. Uh, that was yeah. all on the premise that everybody owns a car. Not everybody does these days. We'll have to leave that there because we're just uh, we're a little tight on time here. And I got a bunch of other things I want to get into and a number of other calls as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but very quickly, uh, a story that uh, we just heard about the other day here is about security costs for Hamilton. Uh, the pandemic has been a, a financial drain on every municipality and every form of government, every level of government. Uh, but uh, we're told now that Hamilton has spent about $1.5 million on extra security guards uh, during COVID-19 pandemic. I don't recall, and I stand to be corrected, I don't recall much of a discussion or a debate about this. This came as out of the blue to some people, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, and I have to be honest with you, I don't know, I'm not sure when that came up. Did that come up in the last uh, day or so in terms of the uh, additional security costs? Yeah, February uh, 3rd is the story, the date on the story yeah. that I'm seeing. Yeah, uh, uh, actually, I, I haven't been briefed on that one, uh, but, but uh, you know, we've had uh, additional security requirements at shelters uh, at, for a time. We've had additional security requirements at, uh, at rec centers, uh, you know, from time to time, uh, you know, largely pandemic related where, you know. Well, I'm sure they all are, but as, uh, as, as the reporter indicated, uh, and checking with other municipalities, I mean, they all have those same challenges. Uh, mm-hmm. But most of the other ones uh, simply did it within existing police services, et cetera. They didn't go and hire outside contractors, especially at a cost of one and a half million dollars. Well, Bill, and I would say uh, that's a conversation I'll have. I, I, I haven't been uh, briefed on this particular expenditure. Uh, you know, police have been uh, also stretched and strained in our in our community in terms of services. The pandemic has affected t- staffing. We've had to hire. Uh, many, many, many more people to do the vaccination process, let alone just the security process. So there are there are costs that we're bearing that uh, have been covered off by the province of Ontario uh, up until now and the federal government. Uh, and those costs have everything to do with uh, delivering services in our community or and delivering vaccines or ensuring bylaw enforcement happens relative to pandemic. And all of those things are going to come to bear. So I'm not surprised that there's additional cost on the security side. I, I know that there's additional cost on the policing side. They have now significant overtime costs as a result of so many people being off sick. So there are many costs that uh, we've added up and it added up to something like $60 million for this municipality that we are. And I, and I know those costs are substantial for other municipalities. I, I'm, yeah. I'm running late here, but I guess I just wanted to get some clarity. Uh, was this was this sanctioned by council? This this cost of one point five million dollars, or is this made by uh, a, a, a staff person at some level? So I don't know, Bill. So you're you're you're. Well, you're I'll tell you what. Then I'll leave that with you, and you I'll follow up on yeah. this, and we'll do a, a follow up on that in the next couple of days. Then let me do a quick break. We're going to come back. I appreciate your patience on the phones. We'll get to them in just a couple of seconds uh, with the mayor's town hall. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. With Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger, this is the Mayor's Town Hall and uh, an opportunity for you to ask your question or make your comment with uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Local number 905-645-3221. If you're on a cell phone, it can be toll free, star 9900. And you can always reach us on email, bkelly at 900chml.com. Thanks for hanging on, Mr. Mayor. 
first and foremost, before I get back to the phone calls, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, this is a, an election year, provincial election course coming up in the spring, Ooh. and later on a municipal election. Uh, we already have one uh, individual who has declared his intention to run it. I know it's too early to actually register right now. Uh, are you running again? Are you going to seek re-election? So, Bill, as I've said uh, right now, there's uh, so much on my plate. Uh, there's the pandemic. Uh, there's the LRT. Uh, obviously, snow today. Uh, budgets uh, we're in the middle of. So uh, I am uh, conferring with family and certainly uh, kind of searching my soul. I have lots of energy and enthusiasm for our city. Uh, very excited about where we are. And uh, I wouldn't discount the notion that I might run again, but I haven't made a formal decision. You sound like Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> I, I will, I won't. I will, I won't. Uh, the election, of course, is going to be in October. So there's a, a lot of concern about that. Uh, yeah. And a number of other names have been kicking around. So when do you anticipate you might make a decision on that? Uh, I would say uh, the, the sign-up date is sometime around May, uh, early May, I believe. And so sometime in, in around that time frame, I will, uh, I will uh, either sign on or not sign on, one or the other. All right. We'll... Uh, Follow that up in, I guess, come springtime. Let me get back to some phone calls, though. Uh, okay. Some folks that have been very patient through this whole thing. Brian, you're next on the Bill Kelly Show. Glad you could join us today, Brian. Hi. Are you there, Brian? Say, oh, can you hear me? Yes, we can now. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, about the homeless people at the back of City Hall. I went to City Hall a few times, and uh, just before the wall went up, the unpermitted wall, and, uh, and yeah, I was never harassed or accosted in any way. Uh, I think this is just... The city's anti-homeless design, they just shoot the homeless to, you know, nimbyism, not in my backyard. And, and you know, they'll, they'll just shoot them down the street and then shoot them down the street and just it, it's an endless cycle. There's going to be people that, that don't want to be housed in those institutions and be controlled that the way those in, institutions control things and things like that. So they're not all drug addicted or mental health issues. Some of them just don't want to be controlled and they want to live the way they want to live. So there's nothing illegal about that. But when the city puts up a wall without a permit, of course, they just backdoor the permit. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Stop with the anti-homeless design. That's what I would I would say. All right. Appreciate your call. Thanks so much for being with us today. 905-645-3221. Start 9900 for your questions and uh, your comments uh, here on the Mayor's Town Hall on 900 CHML and, of course, on uh, CFPL London. Uh, Tony, you're next on the program. Hi. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Uh, I have a question pertaining to this new snow bylaw. Very timely. Go ahead. Uh, now they're saying that we have to shovel the sidewalk. Of course, I do. I do most of the time, anyways. But when the snowplow goes by and he shovels it onto your sidewalk, are you going to get a ticket because you're not cleaning your sidewalk because somebody else has uh, uh, filled up your sidewalk? Uh, pro probably not. And uh, the, the bottom line is that we don't uh, hand out a lot of tickets for not uh, not snow clearing. We uh, generally uh, you know, uh, rely on people to do the right thing and keep their sidewalks clear. And uh, if there's mitigating circumstances around a plow or anyone else, uh, you know, piling it in there and you've had you've got good reason as to why you couldn't uh, couldn't do it, then, uh, you know, certainly tickets will not ensue. So that's it's a give and take process. Uh, always has been. Uh, by and large, it works. Uh, there are always some that, uh, that don't uh, want to do that work. And sooner or later, we end up doing that work as a city and then charging that to their, uh, to their tax bill. So there's a, a number of ways where we deal with that. But uh, snow clearing is always, always a challenge. Uh, there's more on the way, I understand it. And uh, hopefully we can uh, all get our work done safely uh, at the same time, keep our city functional. 
I know, I know that the uh, uh, the snowplow the, the last time they filled in my driveway and it took me two hours to clean up my driveway. So, so uh, you know, I, I'm unfortunately at this situation. point, I know that uh, Vaughn is experimenting with uh, a process where they're. They've got a, another vehicle that uh, goes around and does some of the driveways uh, after the plow goes through. We, we have not yet instituted anything like that. So, you know, the traditional complaint has been I have the same complaint uh, when I shovel out my driveway and then the plow comes by. And barely that's the way it works. And we're always the last to get a plow because I live on a court. Oh, so, that, that's been changing. That, eh? You used to get preference treatment a, a couple of times and someone stirred up the, stirred up the pot. I'm, I'm 80 years old, so I know what it's like uh, around the city. And you and I have talked before, Fred. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I don't get special treatment, I wish. <laughs> they would come down and do my court first, but they always do mine last. And I have some very good neighbors with very big snowblowers that are very, very helpful. Uh, look, uh, the challenges around snow, uh, you know, we face every time it snows. Fortunately, in the last few years, we've had uh, not this kind of snow. But uh, this is, uh, you know, causes some particular challenges and trying to get the snow mounds down to manageable levels, just prepare for the next snowfall is is kind of the given challenge that we're facing right now. So well, well I we'll get through this yesterday with a, with a big pile of snow that was uh, in front of my house yep. on, on the road. And it was such a nice warm day and the sun was shining on the road. So I just shoveled it off and took the top off it and threw it out in the, uh, on the road, which is illegal. But yeah. uh, uh, as soon as it hit the snow and a few cars went by, that just melted right out, and it just took the, took about two feet or eighteen inches off off the top of there, and I well, took it down well, the like curb Yeah, yesterday was uh, very nicely mild, and actually it was raining at a given point in time, so that certainly helped reduce the uh, some of the piles. But be careful out there, uh, snow shoveling. I'm I'm, uh, I'm impressed that you're uh, still still at it at eighty. Good for you. Uh, and uh, you know, and, and for those folks out there that need help. Uh, there is the Helping Hands uh, organization that will come and help uh, folks clear their snow or if they're, if they're having uh, difficulty being able to do that. So I, 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 you know, we should all be as uh, fortunate as you to be healthy enough to, to continue to clear your snow. And I appreciate the fact that you're still doing it. Well, one of the Tony, thanks so much for the call. Lot, a lot of people don't yeah, well, Tom, we've got to jump in here because I got a bunch of other stuff to go into before we finish off the program. Uh, stay well. Uh, it, just on that issue, though, Mr. Mayor, I know there was a, a rather raucous debate again uh, just a, a few months ago about uh, snow clearing, of course, on sidewalks uh, yep. in the city. There were some areas, Ancaster being one, and of course around bus stops, uh, where the you know the, the the bobcats do come out and clear that. Uh, is that has that issue been laid to rest, or on a day like this, is it going to be rejuvenated by a, a councillor who's getting inundated with phone calls, as I know they all are? Uh, I think uh, I think we're we're progressing on that issue. So uh, you know, this year we've added uh, uh, you know the the areas leading up to uh, to bus bus stops uh, throughout the main corridors and main arteries as as areas that we're going to clear sidewalks on. And you know what? It, it it it's just a costing issue uh, by and large. It's not that we don't want to help people and uh, you know make this easier for folks. But the, uh, we thought that uh, at this given moment in time, with all the costs that we're bearing relative to pandemic, uh, the elevated costs in terms of contracts, which are going through the roof, uh, is this really the right time to add another eight or $10 million on top of the tax bill to be able to do this? And yes, there's a benefit, uh, but uh, you know we can do anything in this community, 
but all of them have a cost. And I think uh, the difficulty right now is that we have many, many other costs that we need to bear, extraordinary costs that we weren't expecting to have that uh, are going to be challenging our budget. So we'll manage our budgets the best we can. We've added the uh, the main road, arterial road sidewalks as a, kind of a step in that direction. And I think in time, this probably will be added as a, as a benefit in our broader community. But bear, make no mistake, it comes at a cost, and that cost is going to be borne by the taxpayers. Uh, on a related issue, as we go back to our phone calls here at 905-645-3221, uh, Sophie is next. Sophie, thanks for holding on. Uh, your question for the mayor. Very timely, actually. On Tuesday, I, was, I live on the mountain walking down the Jolly Cut. Hmm. Right after the bridge there was maybe a half to three-quarter block stretch of sidewalk on the north side that was almost completely impassable. I'm a healthy, vigorous person, so I managed. But an elderly person, person, uh, mother with her father with a stroller, anybody with a scooter or a walker, it mm-hmm. was so bad. And I don't know if that is up to the city to clear that or because there's several apartments and I don't know if that is their responsibility to clear that. I mean, it's a difficult spot because there's, um, it's a a fairly narrow sidewalk. And of course you have the jolly cut there. I mean, the snow has to go someplace, but even a small path. Yeah. It's not like you want to, you want to walk on the road in that location because that's a busy artery for sure. Exactly. exactly. uh, Sophie, I'll double check on that one. I would think by and large, uh, the, the property owners right in front of that are responsible for clearing that snow. Uh, That's, that's typical of all, uh, you know, our major arteries at the moment, but uh, the, the stretch between the park and, uh, and to where you get to the housing units, uh, I think would be the responsibility of the city. So it sounds like the city is doing its part. And uh, yes. it sounds like the property owners uh, are not doing their part. And we'll, uh, we'll get after that because, uh, you know, lots of people actually walk up and down the escarpment uh, along the Jolly Cut. So it's got to be safe. And uh, I will yes. endeavor to uh, share this with our public works folks and get them to uh, have a talk with the property owners there, the superintendent, whoever needs to uh, to be talked to, so they can do uh, a proper job of keeping it clear. Thank thanks, Sophie, for the call, and thanks for bringing yeah. that to the mayor's attention. Appreciate it. Well, thanks uh, for doing the exercise. Good for you. That's uh, yeah. getting out. Nine zero five six four five thirty two twenty one. Start nine nine hundred. Uh, this is the mayor's town hall with Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Uh, where are we going next, uh, Steve? You're next on the program. Thanks for holding on, Steve. Hi. Good morning. Can you hear me? We can. Go right ahead, Steve. Okay, Okay. good morning, Mr. Mayor. I'm calling about the new uh, bus uh, trial system in the water now, in Waterdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, it started, I guess, September 7th, and uh, we're supposed to call, and uh, we've got, you know, you have to have a cell phone to call mm-hmm. if you're out, uh, out and about. And uh, December 10th, uh, it took me two and a half hours to get a bus back down from Dundas and Mill, down to Plains and Waterdown Road, mm-hmm. right? And uh, at least four buses passed me going down with one or two people on it. And the bus drivers, you know, that you know, those particular bus drivers wouldn't stop because I guess I wasn't on their uh, list of people to pick up. Mm. But for you know, for some reason, you know, if you've got a bus going down, you know, going down a certain route and there's only two people on it, I don't understand why the artificial intelligence uh, system mm-hmm. 
wouldn't, you know, bump that next person onto the the route for mm-hmm. the bus driver to stop at that spot and pick them up and bring them down the hill. Now, yeah, again, on, yeah. again, on February 1st, just the other day, I was there, and I was told I'd have to wait an hour and a half for a bus. Well, yeah. first, the first time I called, they said there should be a bus in about 10 minutes, and they tried to get me on that one. Well, mm-hmm. the bus ended up just driving right by me, right? And then I called back. I didn't get the uh, update on my phone saying my uh, booking had been confirmed or anything. So I called back and said, like, look, you know, a bus just drove by me again, and uh, I never got the, the call back from you guys telling me that my yeah. call had been booked. Okay, right. I, I think you've outlined the problem here, Steve. Yeah. Let's uh, Mayor quickly respond because we've got to move on. We've only got a couple of minutes left here. Go ahead, Mr. Mayor. Well, I mean, I appreciate uh, the challenges uh, Steve has experienced. And uh, to be fair, it's a pilot project to see if this kind of on-demand system can work. Uh, in uh, in Waterdown, and if it can, then we might uh, we might employ it in other places. So this is really a trial, a test, to see how it functions beyond the traditional transit system, which would have identified stops and uh, and timelines associated with it. So on demand, as opposed to a structured structured transit system, uh, is really the uh, what we're trying to define as being the future of transit, one way or the other. Personally, I think a more structured approach uh, makes more sense. It's more predictable. It's more defined. It's more understandable. Um, but we'll find out if an on-demand system uh, can work. And and you know, Steve has brought some brought forward some evidence that there are challenges. And so uh, that's something that we're going to have to work through. And at the end of this program, make a determination as as to whether we continue with this or we get back to the traditional bus stop bus route. Uh, kind of uh, pr- approach that we traditionally use throughout the rest of the system. I got a couple of minutes left. Uh, I want to quickly jump into an issue that, uh, that you and councillors were dealing with just a, a little while ago, Mr. Mayor, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the possibility right now of the vacant home tax. Now, as uh, the process here, just for people uh, to understand, you have to ask if you're going to change tax uh, laws like this, you have to get permission from the province. Mm-hmm. Any municipality would. Uh, right. What's the benefit to this? Because I know there's some pushback from the real estate industry about this. Well, I mean, and I, I would, uh, I would say I'm one that uh, is really taking a hard look at what the benefit might be, and uh, you know, I, we we make a comparison in in this program to to uh, Vancouver, and I know that Vancouver has a massive uh, foreign investment uh, vacant property challenge, far far you know more egregious than we could possibly have. I think the 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 the, the impetus for this is, and and this this is a noble goal is to not have a thousand properties sitting vacant when we have uh, housing challenges in our community. We have shortage of rental properties. We have high cost, high cost for rental properties. Uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, supply issues that uh, many people are identifying. So this, uh, this tax is actually to encourage people to put them into active use and not just let them sit there idle as a, as a, you know, a stagnant investment. So that's but is that impetus. happening, Mr. Mayor? I mean, you, I, well, I know people always that, use that comparative with Vancouver and, we're not we're not Vancouver. It is is, no. is the speculation where people are buying houses and not renting them out or not using them. Is is it becoming a problem here, or is this just anecdotal and, and on a piecemeal basis? I, I think there are there are occasions where this is happening. I would like to see a lot more evidence to demonstrate uh, that uh, the, the actual numbers that we're talking about and what the reason is. And so I'm uh, I'm uh, I, I I suggested that we. Uh, at the, at the outset, ask the province if, if they're in any way, shape, or form prepared to allow us to, to pr- promote this tax, and then then have this come back, and we'll have a hard look at 
you know, what's actually happening in Hamilton to the best degree possible and whether or not this is actually trying to solve a problem that we have or, or trying to solve a perceived problem that other people have that, that we think might be happening here. So I, I much prefer to see some actuals. Uh, I don't want to tax unnecessarily, but I also want to make sure that any vacant properties that are out there, that, that they're going to be utilized, uh, you know, to help with our housing, housing supply and housing stock issue. Uh, I think we can all agree that sit, having houses sitting there idle uh, doesn't help our residents in any way, shape, or form, especially when we're short and all of that supply. So, well, exactly, I, and and I understand. I agree with you. By the way, it is a noble cause, uh, yep. but I'm just trying to look at some numbers here. I know that they were they're estimating the operating cost of what 2.2 million dollars if you get to implement this program. And a suggestion from staff here is that uh, that could be offset by uh, uh, by uh, newly created revenues. Well, that indicates to me that they do have some sort of an idea as to how big a problem this is. And I, I would suggest that that's uh, the sort of information that you want to see in a, I hope, is going to be a forthcoming report. So uh, as with so many other issues, I guess more to come on this particular issue as, as you uh, delve into this with staff. Uh, yeah. I wish we had more time, as always. Uh, I apologize again to those uh, who have been waiting on the line that we couldn't get to. Uh, we are going to do this again in just a little while, a few days, and uh, bring the mayor back in because there's so many uh, very pertinent issues. As always, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it on a busy day. Anytime it's a snow day in Hamilton, it's a busy day at City Hall. Uh, thanks so much for this, and we'll talk again soon. Bill, always a pleasure. Thank you. Have a, have a good, safe day out there, and be careful out there shoveling, folks. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.